I want to begin this morning by thanking Pastor George for doing a wonderful job preaching God's Word last Sunday. Yes, you can give the Lord a hand. I know. I know you are blessed by God through George. We are blessed to have a fantastic team of elders and pastors who love God and who love preaching God's Word. Uh, Open your Bibles with me to Titus chapter 3. We have made it to this third and final chapter in our verse-by-verse study through Titus. God inspired Paul by his Holy Spirit in Paul to write these words of truth and life to Titus and to us. These words are as powerful as they were when they were penned by Paul years and years ago. As we have already learned in our study through Titus, we'll do just a quick review of where we've been so that we can uh, get our bearings as to where God's taking us. As we've already learned, the theme of chapter 1 is right leadership. Paul wrote in Titus 1 and verse 5, the reason I left you in Crete was to set right what was left undone and as I directed you to appoint elders in every town. Paul knew the Leadership, proper leadership in the church was necessary for the growth, health, and effectiveness of the church. God has designed his local churches to be led by elders and pastors. The theme of chapter 2 is right teaching. Paul wrote in chapter 2 and verse 1, but you're to proclaim things consistent with sound teaching. Sound teaching is teaching the truth of God's word. Now, it's interesting, Paul emphasized right teaching, sound teaching in verse 1 of chapter 2 and in verse 15 of chapter 2, the first and the last verses of this chapter uh, in Titus. Paul wrote in chapter 2 and verse 15, proclaim these things, encourage and rebuke with all authority, let no one disregard you. Paul gave Titus and the elders in Crete then, elders and pastors today, four commands in verse 15 that we are to obey. We're to proclaim God's word to God's people. We're to preach the word. We're to encourage God's people to obey God's word. We're to rebuke God's people who disobey God's word with all authority as leaders in God's local churches. And we're to let no one disregard us by using our authority from God to encourage, rebuke, correct, and confront God's people in love for God. You see, sound teaching blesses us. Sound teaching encourages us. Sound teaching protects us. And sound teaching unites us together as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. And so right leadership, chapter 1, leads to right teaching, chapter 2. The theme of chapter 3, as we now embark on our study of chapter 3, is right living. Right living. Right biblical teaching leads to right biblical living. We preach and teach God's word so that we can know and obey God's word. God wants us to live what we learn from his word. Our walk, our words, and our works should be consistent 
with God's word. And so what God is going to share with each of us this morning is meant to be put into practice in our lives. We receive it and then we act on it today and this week. And so he started in chapter 3 and verse 1 and Paul wrote these words, remind them to submit to rulers and authorities, to obey and to be ready for every good work. Paul got off to a great start here in chapter 3. Paul said, remind them. So as we embark on chapter 3, remind them first and foremost, right away, the first couple of words in this first verse is a present active imperative. It's a command for Titus and the elders and the churches in Crete then they were to obey this command day by day. It's a command that elders and pastors are to obey today as we lead God's church, just as Titus was leading God's church. And so we know remind means, that word remind means to bring to mind, to cause to remember. And so He's saying, remind, bring to mind, cause to remember. He said, remind them. Them is a reference to God's people, followers of Jesus Christ. It's a reference to us as followers of Jesus Christ. So Paul is commanding Titus and elders today, remind God's people about God. Remind God's people about God's word. Remind God's people to obey God's word. Remind God's people about what, in many instances, they already know. Remind them, remind them, and keep on reminding them about God and the truth of God's word. So why did Paul command Titus to remind them? After talking about right leadership, after talking about right teaching and beginning to move into right living, he immediately starts and he commanded Titus to remind them, which is true for pastors and elders today. So the question I ask is why did he command them to remind them? I think the simple answer is we need reminders The simple answer is oftentimes the easiest answer and the right answer. We need reminders. We live in a fallen world broken by sin. We are prone to forget about God. We're prone to forget about God's word. We are prone to think we know better than God. We're prone to think we're smarter than God. We're prone to think we can do better than God. We're prone to make life about us not God. We're prone to trust our feelings. We're prone to let our feelings dictate our daily decisions. We're prone to think we can do whatever we want to do and it's all going to work out okay with God. We're prone to think we can live whatever way we want to live and we are still going to be able to reap God's blessings. We're prone to seek people's praise rather than God's praise. We're prone to look for the world and find fulfillment in what the world offers instead of what God offers. We're prone to complacency in our walk with Jesus. We're prone to compromise in our walk with Jesus. We're prone to anger. We're prone to bitterness. 
bitterness. We're prone to selfishness. We're prone to pride. We're prone to unforgiveness. We are prone to turn away from God in sin against God. Paul knew this, so Paul commanded the elders in the churches in Crete, remind them about God and God's word. We need to be reminded about God and God's word. We have been saved by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. We are being sanctified by God's grace day by day. God is at work in us, giving us the strength, the desire, and the wisdom to live his way for his honor and glory. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. Our old life of sin and self is gone, and our new life in and for Jesus has come. We are no longer slaves to sin. We are slaves to righteousness. We're to walk worthy of the calling we have received from God in Christ Jesus. We're to seek to live at peace with everyone day by day. We're to pay careful attention then to how we live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. We don't need to be foolish. Instead, we need to understand what the Lord's will is so that we can do the Lord's will, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, alive and at work in us. You see, our new life in Christ means a new life for Christ. Our new life in Jesus means our new life for Jesus. We have been set apart from sin, and we have been set apart for the Savior, Jesus. And the difference that Jesus makes in us is meant to be seen through us day after day. And so as this world around us gets darker and darker in sin, we are to shine brighter and brighter for Jesus. And we shine bright for Jesus by the grace and power of Jesus alive and at work in us, which is exactly what Paul said in chapter 2 when he said, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, instructing us to deny godlessness and worldly lusts and to live in a sensible, righteous, and godly way in this present age. God wants us to live in a godly way, in his way, day by day. Reminders are good, helpful, and important for you and for me. Reminders were good, helpful, important for these believers in the churches in Crete. They were important for Titus, and they're important for you and me today as we look to this week and all that God has prepared for us. And so Paul shared seven reminders right here in these first couple of verses. Seven reminders Paul gave Titus that Titus was to share with God's people, specifically the elders in the churches in Crete, which would then share with God's people in the churches in Crete. These are reminders that God is now sharing by his spirit in us through his words through Paul to us today. These are reminders that we need today, this week. Now, I'm not sure why. I'm not sure when these are going to become applicable to you. I think they'll be applicable to all of us every step of our way day by day because that's what we find here. Each one of these reminders are in the present tense, so it's a daily decision. These reminders are there for us day after day after day after day because they remind us about God and the truth of his word and that we need to walk in obedience 
to God in the truth of his word. And so these reminders, and we're going to make our way through them this morning. We're going to begin to make our way through them uh, this morning. These reminders are important. They were important years and years and years ago. And what's amazing about the inspired, infallible word of God is that they're still important for us today. That's why it's so exciting to preach and teach God's word. How on earth will we ever do anything other than preach and teach God's word? Nothing else speaks to us in the way this word speaks to us because this word has been breathed out by God for you and for me. And this word is life for us. And so it's with excitement, it's with joy, it's with anticipation that we're able to look into this passage. And we're able to begin to look at what God has for us in regards to these reminders. We all need reminders. We see this. We know this. We all do this, whether we realize it or not. That's those sticky notes. What are those sticky notes that we use everywhere? They're reminders. They're just reminders of what we need to remember and what we need to at some point do. And so we look now to the Word of God. And he's going to give us seven little sticky notes here. Reminders for us. And so let's look at the first one. Remind them to submit to authorities. Paul said here in verse 1, remind them to submit to rulers and authorities. So first reminder is remind them to submit to authorities. Submit here is the key word. Submit is the key word here in this first reminder. Submit means to line up under the leadership of another willingly and voluntarily. To willingly and voluntarily line yourself up under the leadership of another. Uh, In the original language, this word submit, hupatasso, was a military term that was first used to describe how the troops were to line themselves up under the leadership of their commanding officers. Submit here is again in the present tense. So this is a daily decision. For Titus and the Christ followers in the churches in Crete, it's a daily decision for us today. What Paul was sharing with Titus, he commanded them, commanded Titus to remind them, and here's the first reminder, to submit to authorities. Titus, the elders, and all the followers of Christ in Crete were to submit daily to the governing authorities in Crete. As followers of Jesus Christ, we Two are to submit daily to the governing authorities over us, federal, state, and local authorities. Now, there are many reasons that God has shared in his word why we need to submit, why it's good for us to submit. Let me just give you four real quick, just four reasons. And this is not the exhaustive list by any stretch of the imagination, but it'll give us an idea, a taste of the importance of this act of submitting. First, we submit because it's God's will for us. And and we really don't need to go much further than that first one. It's God's will for us. It's best for us, so we submit. Second, we submit because God established government. 
God is the one who established government. So we submit to authorities because God established government. In Romans chapter 13 and verse 1, here's what Paul wrote to the church at Rome. Let everyone submit to the governing authorities since there is no authority except from God. Okay? And the authorities that exist are instituted by God. God established government for our good, to protect the innocent and to convict the guilty, to maintain peace and order. It's important for us to remember the Roman government in Paul's day was not friendly to the church. It was not friendly to followers of Jesus Christ. The Roman government was not fair, just, and righteous. Paul already told us in chapter 1 of Titus that those in Crete, as he said, the Cretans, those in Crete were known for being liars, evil beasts, and gluttons. And yet, Paul called on followers of Jesus in Crete, and as you look throughout the New Testament, he called on followers of Jesus throughout the Roman world to submit to the authorities. Jesus himself lived a life of submission to authorities. He said, give to Caesar what is Caesar, give to God's what is God's. So we submit because it's God's will for us. We submit because God established government. We submit to God first, then to government. Make sure you understand this third point. It's very important. We submit first to God, then to the government. Listen, our desire to submit to others stems from our discipline to submit to God. Paul said in Ephesians 5, we're to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ Jesus. I can tell you right now, my desire and willingness to submit to you, my brother and sister in Christ, is going to be directly correlated to my decision to submit myself to God day by day. And when I submit myself to God and I line up under his ultimate authority and leadership over my life, just as you as well, then it's not as challenging for you and for me to fulfill what Scripture calls us to do. And in this particular occasion, it's not as challenging or difficult for us to submit to the governing authorities over us. Because our submission, first and foremost, is to God. And then a fourth reason we submit is because we submit because it's a powerful way we witness for God. It's a powerful way that we give a witness for our faith and trust in Christ Jesus. And so Paul commanded Titus, remind them, remind them day after day after day. And the first reminder, the first sticky note, if you will, is he said, submit to the authorities. And then he continued the second one and he said, remind them to obey. Now, this word obey here in this passage in particular is a combination word from two words, pytho, which means obey and trust, and arho, which means ruler and chief. And so what he's saying is obey means, he said, remind them to obey. Obey means to obey a ruler, to trust a magistrate. Obey is similar to submit, except that it's more focused on an individual person or persons. Titus, the elders in Crete, 
and all Christ followers then, when Paul was writing these words, and all Christ followers today, we are to obey those persons in position of authority over us. So it's not just the government structure, but it's the individuals in the position of authority over us. We obey unless and until we are called to violate the truth of God's word. And if and when we are called to violate the truth of God's word, then we obviously choose to obey God and we choose to disobey those rules and those dictates. We've got examples in Scripture that, that remind us of this. Acts chapter 5, Luke was sharing with us about Peter and the Apostles. You remember this story. Peter and the Apostles, the church is exploding in Jerusalem. Peter and the Apostles are going around preaching and teaching Jesus Christ, crucified, risen, and exalted. And the Jewish religious leaders, seeing the explosive growth in the church, they're angry, they're upset. And so they arrested uh, Peter and the Apostles, and they threatened them to stop preaching and teaching Jesus. And then they let them go. They continued, Peter and the apostles continued preaching and teaching Jesus. And then they realized this, the religious leaders, and they had them arrested again, and they brought them before them, and they questioned Peter and the apostles. And they said, didn't we tell you to stop preaching and teaching Jesus? Didn't we command you to stop preaching and teaching Jesus? Didn't we threaten you to stop preaching and teaching Jesus? And Peter and the apostles said, listen, we have to obey God, not people. We have to obey God, not people. We look into the Old Testament. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. In Daniel chapter 3, King Nebuchadnezzar, he made this huge image of gold to himself. Huge idol. And he commanded Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those three Jewish young men that were in a high position in his court. He made a command, and he commanded along with everyone, and he told Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because they weren't following the command like everybody else was following the command. So he brought them in, and he said, Listen, guys, if you don't bow down and worship the image of gold that I have set up at the sound of the music, then I'm going to throw you in the furnace where you will surely die. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego basically said, hey, king, our God is able to save us. And whether he does or doesn't really doesn't matter to us. We just want you to know we're going to obey him, not you. And sure enough, the music played, and they didn't bow, and they didn't die because God joined them and protected them in the furnace. And so we see Old Testament and New Testament. These and other examples that we're to obey the authorities until or unless they call on us to disobey God and the truth of his word. Now, I want you to note just real quick that Old Testament and New Testament example note their disobedience to the authorities was not, I said, was not with violence, arguments, Angry words, debates, but it was with a simple, humble faith in God. They obeyed God, and they trusted God with the results. 
And obedience by us, day by day, is always an act of faith for us. Obedience by us. As we walk in obedience to this word, inspired by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, obedience is an act of faith for us. It's the demonstration of our faith in God. It's one thing to say, I have faith in God. It's something completely different to then demonstrate it by your obedience to God. And so he said, remind them to submit to rulers and authorities. Remind them to obey. Then he said, remind them, the third sticky note, the third reminder is he said, remind them to be ready for every good work. Be ready means be ready. means prepared. It means spiritually fit. What he's telling us is we need to be ready at all times to join God in his work. You and I today, we need to be ready at all times to join God in his work. Now, we are ready as we confess our sins to God each day, as we seek God first, as we humbly depend on God, as we walk by the Spirit and not the flesh, as we love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, as we love our neighbor as ourselves, as we love one another, our brothers and sisters in Christ, in the way Christ has loved us. We are ready to join God in His work as we stay focused on God and submitted to God, but thankfully, God also helps us to be ready. Praise God, He helps us to be ready day by day by day for every good work. He helps us to be ready. Paul told us in Philippians, for it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work according to his good purpose. What that means is God is working in you and me right now, even in these moments, and he is giving us the desire. He's going to give us the strength, and he's going to give us the wisdom that we need to join him in his work, to be ready. He gives us the desire and the strength and the wisdom so that we can know how to be ready spiritually. This is exciting. This is good news for you and me. As we do our part, which is to humble ourselves before God each day, he most certainly always does his part, which is to fill us with all that we need by his spirit in us to do what he calls us to do and to be who he calls us to be. But here's another special Special blessing for you and me. God also uses us to help one another be ready. God uses us to help one another be ready spiritually. This is why it's so important for us to do life together. It's so important for us to encourage one another. It's so important for us to be accountable to one another. It's so important for us to communicate with one another, to be engaged with one another. Because God uses us to help one another be ready because the truth of the matter is we're not always fired up about being ready spiritually. We're not. And we need one another to help us be ready because the next day, the one that helped us is going to need us to help them be ready spiritually. And so Paul clearly understands this. He said, be ready. Remind them to be ready for every good work which means for every good work. Not a few, not some, not most, but every good work. Remind them to be ready for every good work. I love what one Bible scholar said. He said, good works are God's works. I think that's so true. Good works are God's works. 
As Paul reminded us in Ephesians chapter 2, for by grace are you saved through faith. This is not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared ahead of time for us to do. We are created in Jesus to do good works for Jesus. And get this now, all of God's works in us are good because God is good. All of God's works for us are good because God is good. All of God's works through us are good because God is good. And you know as well as I, through our study of Titus already, and we're going to see this in chapter 3 unfold over and over again, we know and understand God wants us to be ready for every good and good work. And he emphasized, Paul emphasized good works to Titus throughout this letter. Throughout it. Why? Because God's good works bless us and others. God's good works challenge us and others. God's good works convict us and others. God's good works encourage us and others. God's good works point us and others to Jesus. Good works are the overflow from the life of a spirit-filled follower of Jesus Christ. Good works is a key piece of evidence that shows and points to the consistency in our talk and walk. One of the things that is most challenging for folks to to get over whatever those obstacles are to believe in God and to trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior and to get connected to God's church, one of the greatest obstacles is that folks all the time see the hypocrisy, supposedly, of those who claim the name of Christ. What they say is, what I'm hearing you say is not what I'm seeing you do. In these good works... Paul commanded Titus, remind them to be ready for every good work. Paul knew that these good works, they're from God and they're for God and they're best and they bless us and others. These good works help to show that consistency, that we're walking the walk and talking the talk. Shows the consistency between our words and our works for the Lord. And it shows our dependence upon God because as we shared a couple weeks ago, those good works are God's, not ours. We don't have to come up with them on our own. God, by his spirit in us, helps us to be able to know what those good works are. And then he empowers us to do those good works. And we know and understand as well, God's good works are gifts of his grace. They're gifts of his grace to us. We don't deserve God's good works. We can't earn God's good works. We receive and rejoice in God's good works. We share and we show God's good works to all those he places around us by his power at work in us. Remember this key, key principle. You know this as well as I do. Remember, we've seen it all throughout our study so far. This key principle, vertical comes before horizontal. We must continue to remind ourselves, vertical comes before horizontal. As we love and seek God, our vertical relationship with God first, as we love and seek God, we are then empowered to love and serve others. 
our vertical relationship with God comes first. Day by day, every day, throughout the day. And our vertical relationship with God empowers our horizontal relationships with one another to work. And so what Paul is saying here is the reason for our good works is God. The recipients of our good works are others. Those that God's placed around us. And this is all for the glory, praise, and honor of God not us, because those good works that bless others point them to God. And so we understand how vitally important it is to keep that vertical before the horizontal. You see, God helps us to be ready for every good work. God also helps us to stay ready for every good work. God gives us the patience the perseverance, and the power we need to stay ready day after day after day for his good works. God helps us to stay ready when our good works are seen and when they're not seen. God helps us to stay ready when our good works are received and when they're not received. God helps us to stay ready when our good works are appreciated and when they're not appreciated. God gives us the ability to stay ready when our good works are returned and when they're not returned. You see, God sees, God knows, and God always rewards. As you think about Jesus during his earthly ministry, Jesus was always ready to do the good works that God, his Father, had prepared for him to do. Even the greatest work, which was the most difficult work and the most humiliating work for him, which was to go to the cross in our place and pay the price for our sins, to give his life for you and for me. And so we are able, you and me, today, this week, we are able to be ready and stay ready for every good work as we keep our eyes on Jesus. As we continue to keep our eyes on the one who gave himself for us. Will we have times where we get fatigued in ministry? Yes. Will we have times when we get frustrated with people in ministry? Yes. Will we have times where we want to give up on ministry? Yes. But as we look to Jesus, as the scriptures tell us, as we look to Jesus, we will not grow weary or lose heart. And so our application today, what do we put into practice today? What does God want us to take away this morning? It's real simple. I think it's one simple point that can be applied in our lives in many, many different ways. And the simple application is look to Jesus. Day by day, moment by moment, step by step, look to Jesus. As we look to Jesus, we keep our minds on Jesus. As we look to Jesus, we depend on Jesus. As we look to Jesus, we follow Jesus 
by faith. As we look to Jesus, we help one another look to Jesus. And as we look to Jesus, we are reminded of how much he loves us. We're reminded that he knows what's best for us, that he wants what's best for us, and that he does what's best for us. So whatever is going on with you today, whatever is happening to you, whatever is going on around you, whoever is coming against you, as you came into this worship center, whatever the care, whatever the concern, Whatever the grief, whatever the sorrow, whatever the burden, whatever the struggle, whatever the challenge, whatever the difficulty, whatever the question, whatever the doubt, whatever it is that you came into this room dwelling on and carrying, let me encourage you today, look to Jesus, look to Jesus, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus and he will give you comfort. Look to Jesus and he will give you help. Look to Jesus and he will give you strength. Look to Jesus and he will give you his presence. Look to Jesus and he will remind you of his protection. Look to Jesus and he will give you wisdom and understanding. Look to Jesus, most importantly, look to Jesus for salvation. Let me encourage you this morning, if you've yet to receive God's gift of salvation, if you know a lot about God and you may have heard a lot about Jesus and yet you've, you've never once and for all got it straight in your life and got it settled, you've never once and for all know that you know that you know that you have surrendered your life to God, that you have received his gift of salvation. By placing your faith in Jesus, trusting in the death, burial, and Jesus and his resurrection on the third day for your salvation. If you've never made that decision, then let me encourage you to do that this morning. Look to Jesus for salvation. He's the way and the truth and the life. And Jesus himself said, no one can come to the Father God except by faith and trust in me. Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. Jesus is the way for us. Faith in Jesus is the way for us to enter into a relationship with God today. Let me encourage you, my brother and sister in Christ, look to Jesus, and he will fill you with what you need to do all that he's calling you to do, the very good works that he may be calling you to do here in these moments. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. Our worship team is going to come and lead in this time of response and I want to encourage you, God may be calling you as a brother or sister in Christ to the good work of praying for one of your brothers and sisters in Christ, to bless one of your brothers and sisters in Christ. Maybe God's calling you to the good work of ministering to your brother and sister in Christ. Maybe what God's calling you to do is just to go to a brother or sister and just to put your arm around them and to, and to just pray for them and pray over them and help them to look to Jesus. Maybe you're struggling this morning and you just need someone to help you look to Jesus. It's okay. Tell a brother. Tell us. Tell somebody next to you. These prayer partners will be standing here at the front. Come up to these prayer partners and tell them. Just say, listen, I need your help. I need someone to help me look to Jesus. I'm struggling. I'm burdened. 
I'm overwhelmed. I'm ready to give up. I'm ready to throw in the towel, whatever the case may be. And these prayer partners would love to look to Jesus with you, to turn your eyes on Jesus. If you've yet to receive this gift of salvation, then today is the day of salvation for you as well. We'll be overjoyed. These prayer partners, myself, would be overjoyed to help you come to know Jesus as your Savior and Lord, to introduce you to Jesus this morning. What a great day to say yes to the Lord. God's moving, God's working, and He is preparing us for every good work that He is calling us to do. Whatever it is that God's laying on your heart, I want to encourage you as we stand to worship the Lord through song, let's walk in obedience to Him. Let's do what He's calling us to do. Let's stand and let's say yes to the Father.